Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 22nd of April 2018. I have a resident groundhog I haven't seen since last fall and he made an appearance yesterday, came out of his hole, lives out the back and wandered to his usual spot on a ridge and looked over the field and did a bit of thinking, of course, and looked at it. It was in the snow, of course. There's still a lot of snow on the ground in the field and so on. And on the ridge, he pervaded his, his domain, basically, and had a little think, and he, he, he reappeared today. It was a bit warmer today in the sun. So at last, thank goodness, at last, maybe it's starting to turn into, I don't know if you'll even get a spring. It might go into, right into summer. I don't know. Folk have no idea how routine weather control is today, and it is routine on a massive scale. Not guessing about it either. You can read their own publications from the universities of what they'd like to do and what they, they have been doing in pretended experimental <laughs> phases, as you say, testing it out here and there, when they've been doing it steadily since 1998, at least in Canada here. It's routine, including the, the old harp technologies, which in the interviews were, were done in the 90s with the spokespeople for harp uh, in the US military. And Air Force, I think it was too, admitted that they could quite easily, with the standing waves, alter the patterns of the, the, the Earth's natural air streams, the jet streams in the air and the different trade winds, etc. And they could even bring them right down to the, to the ground level if they wanted to, which didn't really generally happen in nature. It's really old technology, but it's used on a routine scale today. We are living in a cocoon, aren't we? A cocoon of make-believe, in a sense. A, a, a form, and it is true. It's just, people don't realise your culture, whatever culture you're, you're in at that moment... And everything you think about is part of your culture. is incredibly carefully thought out for you, with massive panels, sometimes international panels, who decide uh, how to... See, they don't have to create the new culture. They, they, they morph you into it step by step in little phases of it through entertainment and through education at school and so on. And whatever you, want, whatever you really want to know is going to be happening... And 20 years' time, you just look at what the children are getting in their first year at school. And that will tell you how the culture is to be back it will come 20 years' time or 25 years' time, step by step. That's always how it's done. And it's, it's not a new thing, as I've mentioned before. The Comintern did it. They give lectures on it back in the 1930s, how, how they did it. But now it's even more perfect, in a sense, because you have worldwide standardized education along the same lines. Most folk don't know. They, they th- and it's true, I understand it. Believe you me, uh, we all go through, we're, we're born into a system. There's no one to stand and say, hey, look, I give you a little shake. This is how it really works. And give you a really intensive crash course on reality. You don't get that uh, when you're a child. And it's a shame, and a lot, most of it is because most, most adults don't know either. They've morphed into the, 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 the creature they were intended to be by the system, the culture, the propaganda, the indoctrination. It's very clever and very, very, very effective indeed. And I've always said you, natural tendencies are used against you, and natural acceptances of 
tribal systems, regardless of if you're in a multicultural system or not, it makes no difference. You still have this natural tendency to, to think authority must be there to, to take care of you. It's very, very paternal, even maternal too, and how you, you perceive it. And as I say, in a small tribe, you, 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 you could see quite easily if a chief got out of hand and got too uppity for his status and so on. Or if he wanted to continue his own domain as in a family tree, like royalty or whatever, in a system perhaps where the tribe decided who was going to be chief for a, a period. They simply got rid of him, kicked him out, did whatever it took to get him out. But when you have a, a, a so-called civilized system, which is capitalistic, run on money, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. If you run on money, I don't care if it's capitalist or communistic, you're still running on money. <laughs> you really are. These are your little tokens, your little seed, you see. And that's how you're ruled. So once you have money in any form, you can hire in a system where that's the norm. You can hire armies to take care of the chief, and the chief will be protected for as long as he ever wants to be, and his children too. That's the problem. So natural tendency of trust, because your elders in a small tribe would naturally elect someone they trusted, who is real and not, not a propaganda expert like we have today. And... Uh, you would trust them to take care and of your own best interests. Today, we don't have that at all. Today, government and what they call governance is so remote, so remote from your reality, from your personal reality. Most folk don't even know it exists. They really think that somehow that this antiquated nonsense of, of a party system, this tripe, and that's what it is, it's tripe, is, is there to take care of them in the way that they are right now and it'll always be that way. Even when it's changing and they can't grasp why it's changing, they still go along and vote the same way as always. It, it's too easy to... Because it's really meant to, to hit the very primitive person and the, the primitive part and everybody too. We're big brother, we're daddy and we'll take care of your needs. We'll, we'll get you jobs. We'll take care of your health. We'll make sure your children have schooling and that kind of thing, and welfare, all, all the things that, that in modern society. And that's why Quigley said back in the 60s, Carl Quigley there is in his own book, Tragedy and Hope, that, that eventually that parties would all be the same at election time, promising the same things. And therefore, it's more of a, a competition of who can promise the most of the same things. Depending on, on the good public relations experts they hire, the big corporations that they hire, big, 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 and they are big corporations, some of these advertising executives, to promote them, then uh, that's generally who you'll vote for. Very simple, very, very simple. But, but it's managed that way. It wouldn't matter either if the other group got in, because, because really, the long... See, for those who rule the world, it's the, it's the overall strategy that's important. There's always winners and losers to an extent uh, for, for temporary periods where they're in power, this party or that party is in power. But as long as the, whoever party is in must obey and go along with the big, big plan, which they never mentioned during elections, which really is the end of your, of your sovereign nation state as, as a state. Politicians will lie, especially the ones who are involved in this. They'll lie their teeth off to you if they still have teeth. And they will... They'll tell you, oh, yeah, you still have all these rights and you're still a nation and so on. But meanwhile, you don't. Anything that really, really matters, you don't, you're not told about it to start with. 
For instance, Canada is a good example, and so is the States and Britain and every other country, uh, were examples of, of a supra-governmental system. They call it governance of massive boards of appointees who are generally ex-politicians who make the career of feeding off the taxpayer. And because they're good at feeding off the taxpayer, that they're ideal for taking more tax money to get the big agendas through across the globe, the massive changing face of the world. And they're very, very secretive. They'll publish little PR pieces that sound almost like wonderful charitable works that they do. But in reality, it's much bigger than that. Much bigger than that. We are little, we're all little peons across the planet. Doesn't matter what country you're in. And today, starting from the old organization which they used to have, based in Britain, that was the Royal Institute for International Affairs, and then now they had the European uh, Group for International Affairs. It's the same body of people based in London or the headquarters. And they have one for the Far Eastern Group as well, Pacific region, the Institute for Pacific Relations. It's the same group. So everywhere for the, for the, for the groups of nations, they have a different name for the same bunch that run it all. Planned and, and set up a lot before you were even born, and often before your dads were born. Very old. And, the whole, and they set up the IMF and the World Bank and the Bank for International Settlements. They set them all up. And they even said, and Quigley, he was, a, he was a member of it. And Quigley said himself that eventually everything will be run by, across the whole planet by the World Bank, the IMF, and the Bank for International Settlements would be the big controller of financing across the world. And, and it will even fix, which it does, of course, they fix the rates of currencies in every country. And the, the whole plan eventually, down the road, will be, who knows when, but down the road, they, they want a single currency. Now they're going to digitalization. It's almost there. Because it really doesn't matter, eventually, what you call your currency in your own little area. But you have no idea. And now, the big foundations are a part of it, too, because uh, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, they work with the big foundations. that Their members set up the big foundations, I should say, which run thousands of, of NGO groups. And as long as the, the tops of NGOs are bought and paid for, the followers fall for all the do-gooding stuff that they're supposed to do. I mentioned it before, it's almost like that. that if you understand, I hate even going into this term, using this term, this Illuminati term, but you've got to understand what... For instance, Cecil Rhodes said in his will, now Cecil Rhodes was also a member of this international group to standardize a system across the whole planet. A lot of them were front men too. Even organizations to an extent have always been fronts for something else. But Rhodes himself, who was in partnership in, in this, this idea with the Royal Institute for International Affairs, or the Lord Alfred Milner Group as it was called then, and also, with, with, uh, he was his partner in his own group was Lord Rothschild of London. And he talks about it in his will, how he'd left most of the stuff to Rothschild to take over and, and I guess, to, to hand out to other groups and so on to, to make sure that agenda continues. He mentioned, too, how to be run on a form of a secret society similar to the Jesuits. Now, don't jump and, oh my God, here we go, it's the Jesuits, blah, 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 or it's the Catholics. Blah, blah. No, it's not. He says, like that. Remember, too, getting back to Illuminati, that Weishaupt understood the Jesuit technique since he worked at a Jesuit university. And 
he understood the technique of confession. Because when you're training someone who, uh, to be a Jesuit, and it's a great education for the people who, who become, or they used to be in a way, Jesuits. They picked very bright people, very, very devoted people. They'll go across the world and often get slaughtered in different tribal situations across the planet, in Latin America and different parts of Africa and so on. And they, sometimes they were so well respected, they could get into countries over time and be allowed to stay there where no one else would if they were foreigners like Japan. And to train people like that, to get them so, so dedicated, you had to, the, the whole idea was to find their weaknesses so that the, the masters would find the weaknesses, the human weakness each a person will have. And they would do it through confession of what they were terrified of, what they were liable to give in to, as they call a sin, they, they, would, they would give in to something and, and do something they shouldn't do. And the idea being to find out where their weak spots were and then stop the, the weak spots from dominating their life or destroying them. So give them abilities and techniques to, to overcome these weaknesses. Now remember, too, that these guys would have to go into incredible situations in a, in a time when there were often no roads into a lot of these places they're going into and heavy jungles and disease, etc. Where most folk would just give up these people would keep going. That's, a, that's an incredible strength. And that's why many organizations afterwards copied that technique of training people to be so incredibly strong and persevering through thick and thin under circumstances that would crush most people. And as I say, they, they did find out weaknesses in each person to try and strengthen them, to stop that weakness being a chink in to the destruction of them during these, these hard times. In hard tests. And Weishaupt, of course, he took the same kind of idea. As I say, everyone knew how effective this organization was. And Weishaupt took the idea and realized that he could get people who, who are really keen and, and good of goodwill, youngsters especially, train them in that technique as well, and get the confession out of them to find their weak spots. And then, and that, here's the key, appoint someone like a, a confessor to them in his own organization to be the mentor, very similar to the Jesuit. But now they had all of the weaknesses of that person. And rather than strengthen them against their weaknesses, they, they could actually exploit those weaknesses and use the people. And when they, were, they became agents, in a sense, to infiltrate societies, organizations, existing organizations. They would still believe they were doing, doing good work to bring a, a world of peace or, or uniting a world together. Does it sound familiar? And they, they would infiltrate existing organizations, like Freemasonry, for instance. It was wide open for that. Many organizations went into Freemasonry to, to do the same kind of thing. But, but Weishaupt's organization did it to, to a really the end degree. And he also could infiltrate the churches and so on. And, he, and get people of goodwill by using their terminology, their outlook, and what they, why they existed, appearing to, to, to copy it. It's, it's like a mirror image in a sense, so they could, you couldn't really tell it apart except he would start to introduce little changes here and there. 
and use them to work to his own ends, to build his own empire. But his agents were, were, were very good too. And they really believed they were going to work for a world, a world of peace and, as I said, in Freemasonry, and still say it, which is, again, an awful lie, but uh, the international brotherhood of man, they could bring it to be, regardless of of circumstances and situations. Weishaupt himself realized that he could do this so slickly. In fact, he even boasted about his, his, his confidence at the top, he boasted how he brought in bishops, even and higher religious people, whom he convinced that, that by explaining the, the deeper meanings of their own religion, that he could make them better Christians. And he laughed and mocked them for doing that behind their backs. So again, you can, you can use people by using very, very well tried techniques, not by appearing to abuse the people you're training. But actually making them think they're doing a, a great a, a justice cause. The communists use the same technique with the young guys to be agents. And, so they, and they were absolutely devoted and, and they believed in what they were up to, never realizing they're being used again by a similar group, if not the same group. <laughs> it's very, very effective. Very effective. And it's very ancient, too. Before they came along with Weishaupt, that technique was understood before in ancient times as well. But Weishaupt talked about it, how he did it, and how, how the fools, psychopaths love to brag. And, and he boasted about how the fools who followed him blindly and, and sheepishly and slavishly, uh, they, they, would actually, they would actually almost grovel to him uh, as like he was a god himself and never realized he was using them. Because the intention, here's the key, where they were being led to, with all their good goals and so on, was not where he was taking them at all. But they had to believe that they were going along that path. He had other directions in mind about it all. So you can use people, use those intentions, use them all to get what you want, and, and they'll be the last ones to figure out they've all been used. Most of them will never figure out they've been used. <laughs> and that is exactly what I'm talking about now with the, the Royal Institute for International Affairs which is the CFR, is at the same time. There's many, many different branches and names of all the same organizations. The higher group, of course, they pulled out of, people out of it, was the Trilateral Commission. Remember, this is all private. This is, this is unelected by the public. This is private. And they advise every government. In fact, they run every government across the planet that they call civilized. In other words, the countries would have introduced the same system and central banking and borrowing from the World Bank and the IMF to get the money back and the Bank for National Settlements, etc., etc. And all the massive bureaucracies, which they are, that govern the people and are completely unelected by the people. And most folk never know this. They don't know. Because there's no one to tell them of how it really works. You're not supposed to. Can you imagine if enough people uh, who all knew what was going on, at least this basic stuff I'm talking about here, this is the basic stuff I'm telling you here at the moment. (laughs) If there's enough people to to, to even know know that, how it would make their job a lot more difficult. Saying, my goodness, look at all the people who are watching what we're up to. All the different groups out there. They're all connected like a massive worldwide, literally, web. And that, the web itself, the WWW, was no coincidence either. 
but instead you're given trivia to obsess over. Your natural little fears, oh, they're going to crash the economies again. Oh, inflation has gone up in Canada twice in two months, two, three months. And the government's given permission for all the, like they said over the last few years ago, that is, that, that constantly now all the energy prices can go up and up and up and up. It's interesting, too, all the big boys who are so wonderful with their charitable work after, after being in politics, who belong to these organizations and work for them. Isn't it wonderful how they've all got massive investments in every project across the world which they use our tax money to fund and get going? Huh? Isn't that just... You understand what I'm saying? You're looking at the same thing as Weishaupt, because that's what he had in mind. It's like the old idea of Sherlock Holmes with Moriarty, that is arch enemy, a genius who could get people to do whatever he wanted to, and, and the folk who did it could never figure out to the end that they'll be used. Same kind of thing. Same kind of darn thing. So don't look at these people with their, with their titles when they call the right honourable so-and-so, yada, yada, yada. Don't think they're somehow superior or more holier than now. Because they're not. Far from it. The, the most successful crime syndicates are the officially acknowledged ones. They give themselves beautiful titles. They get everybody bowing and scraping to them. They plundered the planet with your money, off of you. Remember the remember part of the, the, the idea that they couldn't they couldn't tax people with off your income for most for, for centuries, supposedly. And they did it during World War One and, and the UK and other countries too. It's a temporary war tax. And, and be, being the good, honest people they are, they never, of course, they wouldn't lie to you. And the temporary part of gradually just disappeared. And, and that's what happened. U.S. did the same thing. A victory tax. <laughs> victory for who, eh? <laughs> and that's how it was done. To rule the world, master the world, and, and always feed oh, rivers and rivers of propaganda to the public how wonderful these organizations which they run all are and how they're doing the good and they're there to do good. Don't forget that the reason they couldn't tax you before and they used the wars for, uh, for an excuse for your income was because if they tax your labor, that was a form of slavery. That was a completely understood and debated in the 1700s and 1800s. Amazing how we can just forget it. Well, well they're doing good things with it, apart from getting lining their own pockets and having tremendous wages and flying around in, in jets, which we all pay for, as they take your, your rights and your sovereignty away from everybody, and they flood countries across the world into a massive mix, which they know is going to cause, from, even from the experience they've got already, but they knew before they started it would cause tremendous problems and strain and welfare systems and so on. They won't live amongst you. Of course they won't. They never have. And they won't be driving amongst you or walking in the streets with you either. There's other plans that they've got in mind. But the fact, what I'm getting you to is, most of what governs your life is done by those who aren't even elected through your governmental systems. So, getting back to voting, it doesn't matter who you vote for, as Quigley said. He was the historian for the for the. American branch, this comes from foreign relations. And the reason he was a historian, too, was because he took over from Alfred Zimmern, who was a communist. And as he said himself, we, as an organization, are often mistaken 
they're thinking about the charitable so-called char- we're doing good all the time and as a as a plunder countries make war on countries and all the rest of it and then then pretend to help them out eh? but that's what that's what quickly said he says we don't we, he says we accept everybody dictators he says and right wing left wing communists we don't mind who they are they're all sworn to one system and it's imperative you have all this variety in it because the trick of governing all peoples is to have front people for every type within society to follow. I've mentioned it before, it's like walking into a massive clothing store, see a man or a woman, go to a man's store or a woman's store, and they go, for you, there's, there's every kind of clothing that a man would wear. Every kind of suit, every kind of color, whatever your mind goes for, they got it already made for you. And that's what political parties and shades of political parties are all about. Same thing with, with all your protesting, and, and so it's all made for you. All made for you. It's better when it's made for you, because see, if you start making your own, your own groups, Grass, you know, roots. It's more work for them to take it over over time, which they can do over time. They can put their own people in, uh, and they'll be great volunteers. That was standard stuff with communists, but they'll come in and volunteer for. With, with, oh, we'll we'll do that. For, don't worry about that. We'll do all the the paperwork for you, and you'll, you'll you'll elevate this person that comes in and who works tirelessly until they do everything and do the books and blah blah until they're running the company, which is your organisation, or your charity group, or whatever it happens to be. And then they swing it off into a different direction that was intended all along. That's what they do. But it does take them longer to do that. It's much better to have ready-made groups that you'll go, because you've got a flavour for this and a flavour for that. They've got it made for you already. And if they can make enough angst, I call it angst groups, groups that are formed with, with, with beefs about this, oh, I'm not happy about this, and uh, shades of all kinds, including genders, then they can use that angst against each other, in fact. They don't care about you if you're happy or not happy. They don't care but give a darn about you. Or if something is made legal, even, you know, again, all kinds of forms of genders, or whatever. They don't care at the top. They laugh. It's like, it's like the, the old, old movies used to make from Greece. And they were pretty good movies, some of them. And they've been dubbed into English about the gods up, up in Mount Olympus, looking down on all the petty people. And they'd play with the people. And that was the, that was the key again. It too. They played with the people. Oh, look at so-and-so. He likes this and she likes that. And they'd play with them and have little games with them. And the people would, would, would be prompted and nudged along this way and that way. And never, ever know. They'd never know they're being used. The gods are sitting there watching and laughing their heads off. Laughing. It was great fun. Well, that's what the, those who rule the world look at. That's how they look at Barlas. And occasionally they have a nuisance problem. Someone who hasn't joined a group but is trying to start their own group. That's not managed by them yet. And they have to divert a little bit of work towards you to get someone to get in there and gradually take it over. But as I say, most of the time, that's why you've got all these ready-made groups. I can remember, for instance, through the 90s, you had, and just beyond it, you had the global meetings. And you had some in Toronto, and there was a big stink at Toronto when they had one where they had areas of Toronto cordoned off the public couldn't go 
for the massive meetings of the special, all these special anointed people coming in. And the public were kept away from it. And, and it, it came out at the time, well, as long as this is going on, that this, this people, because people were arguing, we can walk on, this is public, you know, as part of Canada's sovereignty. Well, they said, we're not for this meeting, it's not. So, you know, so in other words, here you have brute force telling you, brute force, that's what it is, and the threat of brute force, that, that they can make something non-sovereign for, for temporary, or I guess, per, if they can do it temporary, they can do it permanent. Because it's all in your head anyway, what a, gov- a country is, isn't it? Isn't it? It's what they tell you it is. It's a corporation. But they can tell you, you can't go there, because at this moment, no, you don't have rights here at all. So stay off, and don't go down the alleyway or down that, that road or wherever, until we say it, you, you can. That, that's what happened. The meetings for these globalist meetings, which are big fanfare thing. This they, all they do is go, all, all the leaders from different countries and, and all their stragglers that, that, that are, are getting kickbacks and that for these freebies that they go to, and and prostitutes too. They all even had articles in the papers about the prostitutes, all kinds, male and female, which we pay for. The British Columbia one that actually came out at the time they said that that, that it's their preferences uh, a lot of them from different countries. It's just their culture and so on. So accept it. So. You have to toss your laws out the window to accept another culture. Well, what does that tell you? What does that tell you about your culture? It means your culture is completely pliable, according to your boss's whims. Huh? How about that? But we pay for them all. And, and some of them are underage too, including males. So it's okay for them to break all laws, because your rulers are just like the gods up there, you see. And your rulers are not the ones you see as you elect. They're, they're, they're a bit minor. They're a bit down from the gods. But they're responsible to the gods that run the world. But you're not supposed to know all that. You're you're supposed to just see the thing, oh my, isn't that terrible? And react to everything emotionally. That's what they want. Then it's easy to manage you. And that's why they have so many groups on the fringe of emotional breakdowns over different things at the moment. It's awfully good for managing society and getting laws passed. They love to pass laws. As I say, quickly mention it all. And people will still vote. Uh, left wing, right wing, oh, well, get this. And that's what they say, too. You don't vote new politicians in. You simply vote the present bunch out. You're so sick of them because they generally break every law that they, they said that they'd uh, defend or whatever it happens to be. But as long as they get the agendas done and signed and all the, the agreements for further integration of NAFTA or whatever it happens to be, or global integration with transatlantic treaty, and pan this and pan that treaties. This goes way back to the early 1900s, the same organization with all of its different amalgamation treaties. Hasn't changed. It's the biggest club in the planet as far as, as far as power goes. But they don't like to talk about themselves much. They used to bring on members on television to advise governments, or just for the TV. And they'd say, member of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, or Council of Foreign Relations, or the European Institute for International Affairs, or the Far Eastern Pacific uh, group, blah, blah, to advise. Without going into the, where the group actually, where they got their authority from. They gave it to themselves. That's where they got it from. <laughs> in a sense, they, and again, they, they completely infiltrate. Most of them in high levels of government are, are members as well. But they don't mention that when they run. They don't tell you that when they run for politics. Or they'll say, we're not members at the moment. I mean, they left their club for the moment. That's what they pretend to you. But the very fact they've been in it in the first place tells me all I need to know. Because they never leave. They never leave. Come on. 
But you're not supposed to think about that. Think about the cost of living. Think about your day-to-day struggles, because most folk have struggles. The people who don't have struggles don't worry about what's coming down the pike. They're always the ones that go into utter shock when it actually happens. Because it, the way to, the, the, traditionally, the way to see who hits first is the bottom strata first. Well, I'm okay. It's not boring me. And I can get by. I can afford it. Blah, blah, blah. And they're always shocked when something hits them too. Always. I mean, really, really shocked. And they let it happen. Because when they could have said something, they say nothing. Most folk want to be safe. I'm, I'm all right, Jack. Don't give me any problems. I don't want to hear that. It's unpleasant. And if you look at the history of the world, the most unpleasant things that have ever happened happened because everybody shut up over a generation at least and let it happen. And since we're into the system, well into the system, and I know what's coming down the pike with this complete cashless society, it isn't just cashless. Oh, I don't mind cashless. It's everything that goes with that you don't understand. I've given talks before of the big players who helped develop and create the part of, of history you're going through right now with your cultural changes and your laws. Many of them, and actually maybe most of them, are actually dead now, but they planned it in the last century and wrote about it in great detail. And they were big working groups with the CFR, with Royal Chief for International Affairs and the Pacific Group as well. But they planned with groups to, to develop new cultures. And Bertrand Russell talks about it in good detail about that, the scientific time, when they would run it all through the appearance of science, right down to eventually government, just like the old communist idea. Don't think that communism is a different agenda here. All experiments were run by the same bunch, if you haven't quite got that. And incredibly well studied to see what they can get from the best and combine them together. But Bertrand Russell, who was a lord, remember, and, and lords don't have any intention of giving up what they own and the privileges they have at all. They have no intentions of that. And he talked about how government eventually would put so much, it could be credits, call it whatever you want, bings, credits, whatever you want, it makes no difference at all what your seed is called, and your little tokens, and they'll put them into a bank for you. It doesn't even have to be a real bank, you see, it can be electronic. And they'll give you the same amount across the board according to your, your working strata, because the class system is awfully alive and well, even in communist China. And to be good, to be good, you'll have, you can withdraw what you need out of it for that, say, two week period. But you can't, anything you don't use at the end of that is gone when, when more is put into it the next time by the government. So you can't save it up. They know it'll be equal at that strata. But above you, there'll be a different system altogether for those above. And that's the privileged system. The ones who, quotation marks, serve the system. The bureaucratic elites and all the NGO groups and so on, and the commissars. That's what it's all about. But if you're bad, if you're bad, 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 or you've asked the wrong questions, or and now it's down to even saying, even asking the question, but you're not allowed to, you didn't know it. Because, because even questions about certain things are illegal now. They'll just withdraw, they'll stop a bit of hold on you, your money or your credits, and you can't get it out to pay your rent or anything, so you suffer. No food, blah, blah, that'll teach you. 
Look at the Chinese system. China is a model state for the world. And they're using their likes and dislikes for a form of social approval and disapproval. Now, they can generate as many sock puppet fake answers as they want to your little thing, your little site. And right down to every purchase you make and so on, what do you think of me buying this? Is it a good thing I bought this eco-friendly, blah, blah, blah? And you'll get all the approvals or disapprovals. And that goes right down to, to how you're viewed by your government. Your government runs it all, you see. Whether you're going to get credit cards or not credit cards. Whether you're allowed and you see certain state-sponsored, say, shows or whatever, are not allowed into it. Punishment and reward, punishment and reward. The moral state for the world. You have no idea what's really going on. And this incredible layer of almost invisible and to the most of the public unknown bureaucracy, strata upon strata upon strata of bureaucracy, dealing with all of this. Never mind the neuroscientists and psychologists, blah, blah, blah. And, and all types of economists working together and legalists, etc., None of this is mentioned when you vote what you think is your your main candidate in. You know, the personality you're gonna you're gonna get into rule you you think <laughs> for a joke. And you know too, it's just like Trump and, and you know that neocons are gonna are just continuing their it hasn't stopped the massive wars, perpetual war. I read the articles from the military's own magazines at the time. Perpetual war they called it. That's how it's going to be. And it isn't just a war to, to standardize the whole world for the masters of the world that you do have and you don't vote in. It's a war against all of your claimed rights. Rights of independence. Rights of having a mind of your own. Rights of being able to say what you think. It's a perpetual war. Haven't you got it yet? Haven't you got it? Because you're seeing the same approval, disapproval here in Canada and the States and elsewhere as you're seeing in China. See, we had it first before China got it. You haven't quite realized that, have you? <laughs> well, don't expect the media to tell you. Although, lots of copy of what I'm saying here and tell you now. But what I'm getting at, too, is the reality of how everything really is. Back to Trump, and then back further to Obama. Obama was the new guy who was going to end all the wars, right? I think there were three wars in the go the U.S. had at the time. When he left, there was about seven or nine of them. He got the peace prize. So you got to you knock off a few countries before you get that prize. And I can remember Donald Rumsfeld congratulating Obama for continuing the same neocon agenda as the neocons had before him, you see. And now you've got Trump in as well. There's a lot more I could say. I could talk about books that were written by people who were allowed to write books about the groups that were behind a lot of it. So it doesn't matter who you vote, even if you've got a really naive person, and Trump isn't naive, even if you were Truman from the Truman Show, utterly naive, you would soon be put straight as to how the world is going to be run while you're in. You wouldn't even need to be told why it's going to be run that way. You'd just be told it's going to be. And if you didn't cooperate, the whole establishment and all the media wouldn't cooperate with you either. Because they're all owned as well. The saddest thing for people to learn is how much people generally are sellouts to each other. Complete sellouts. Complete, utterly. And it's disgusting. 
for money. As I say, filthy looker. How they'll sell out everybody that they know. And even their own people. Or even a class. It makes no difference at all. It's pretty disgusting, actually. When you see that, you might go into depression for a while. <laughs> if you're really naive. And most folk are. But that's how bad it really is. There's a massive system that's been here long before you were born. And it planned a world order. And the world order, by the way, I love how people will poo-poo you if you mention that word. Even though the elite themselves have churned out book after book for the last hundred years with titles like World Order or The Coming World Order, etc., etc. How about Jack Satali is an example, just one. Winners and losers in the coming world order. And presidents do it too. But isn't it amazing how they can take reality, the media, if you say it, if they're targeted you, and make you sound like a nutcase for saying it? Because most folk won't even read or listen, or they have no idea. I had a cop once ask me about a little joke, what about, what about the new world order, eh? <laughs> you know? So I just made says, well, what are you talking about? I, met, I rattled off about five to him as his jaw dropped. And titles of the, the books by reputable people. But anyway, that's how it really is. That's what it really is. It runs the system with something vastly different. You're, you're only going through a little journey here. Your own life here is a little journey. And everybody before you was in their little journey, and I, like once they come after you. And each, each phase of it all is already planned on a, on a massive scale of what has to be accomplished in your time. All you have to do is pay for it all and do what you're told. That's really how it is. And suffer too. If they want you to suffer, you're going to suffer. Now, I'll put a link up tonight. John Pilcher had a video out last year, I think it was, on, about China and America and their relations and so on. Right down to possible war with China. But it's a dramatic title, etc. But uh, he, he's awfully good as a documentary filmmaker. And... He's one of the few that actually goes to places and puts his life on, on the line at times to get stories and to get the truth. He's definitely a far left, and he doesn't criticize China much at all. But in the documentary, he will, if, if you really look at it, he'll show you the incredible amount of bases that America has around China. But he also shows you bureaucrats within China give the same kind of bureaucratic spiel that we're used to, with the, with the kind of face, a little smile, like they don't believe it themselves. And that's how they do it. Listen to it, that's how they do it. They're all the same in the world over. doesn't matter what system they pretend they're in. And you'll see the one, for instance, a younger fella in China who's an economist too or something, but he's very successful. And they get awfully lots of, just like we do in our countries, our, our unelected bureaucrats, uh, these organizations I'm talking about, they're just there, they run everything. We don't vote in them in. Your government doesn't even mention them to you. They'll get these incredible privileges that you can't get. Well, you, saw, you, saw them in, you see them in China with, with the massive buildings they're allowed to live in, huge, big, gated communities and lots of, lots of perks. And what you're seeing is a class. I see a class system where John Project goes into it or not. You're seeing a, a really class, a class system. Of course you are. And they'll say, well, our difference is we, that we, our government rules over the capitalist system, so it can't, it can't dominate us and tell us what to do. Who's kidding who? If you have a big money system, and you have people who, who are getting hypnotized with, it, with the glitter of, of, of the coinage there, 
and churning out millionaires and even billionaires. And you have people managing that money and trade and, and, and what's going to be worth this. You are at the mercy of those who rule the money system. Even if you pretend it's your own government that runs it, you're kidding yourselves. And that's all I'll say in that. But anyway, you'll enjoy it. John Pilger does definitely do a good job. But something doesn't ask a lot of hard enough questions that are the right people. I don't see any good guys anywhere in the planet, actually. And don't forget that China is an essential part to the Western world. Because the groups I'm talking about here, like the Russian International Affairs and CFR, they set up the massive trading blocks. They set up the World Trade Organization. They set up the, the transport of all your factories to China, physical transportation of all tooling, and etc. We paid for all your tax money, paid for it. I've given talks before. Go into the archives at cuttingthroughmarriage.com. By the way, send me a buck or two if you can once in a while as well. You'll see how to do it at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Or buy the books there or get the discs as well. But I've given so many talks about this, how it's done, how it's set up, and how that we and that had a massive crash in loss of economy and manufacturing jobs. We, through our tax money, paid for them all to move all these big so-called patriotic corporations. Who's kidding who, eh? <laughs> they, keep, they keep the names of their tooling and stuff and sell you the stuff back. At, 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 you know, this should be a fraction of the cost, but it's, it, no. What they do is a fra- they have a fraction of the cost of manufacturing, but the prices stay the same or go up even higher. Incredibly, isn't it? But yeah, you're free. You're living in a very fair and just world, so let, let them rule over you, these people. That's okay. And you'll never catch on. Never catch on. And the wars continue, perpetual wars for the big military-industrial complex. And guess who loses? You'll lose back home. You always lose back home. Look, look at the state Britain's in. Look at the state of it. The murder has uh, is, is getting towards the, the, the stabbing murder rate of, 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 is higher than New York. It's roughly the same population size, but it's higher than New York and getting worse. Now they're calling for a, they're calling the, the carnage to come this summer because it's going to escalate. And they know what's causing it. They know as they bring more people in from, from across different countries, they're going to get more and more of it. They know what this is course to do. And it makes you wonder if it's planned that way. It has to be. I want to put up two, a whole bunch of articles from Canada to do with the World Refugee Council. If you didn't know you had one, it's been here for an awful long time. And CG is a big, big part of it in Waterloo, Canada. That's to do with global governance, CG. And Waterloo University is involved in a lot of the studies too. They're always studying us all under the microscope and planning things too. You don't vote them in, but they do it anyway. And use your tax money, of course. But they talk about greater political accountability necessary to reform refugee system. And you have a, a Mr. Axworthy here in Canada who's been a lifer, a lifer, I think, so they, probably the CFR, but because it's a CG thing, which is CFR. I'll put up two uh, the members of this World Council. Trying to find how much money they get uh, is, is not so easy, but it's, it's phenomenal, as you can imagine. And they've got tremendous power to... Probably, they don't call it emigration anymore. They call it big mass migration. That's what they're looking about. The same terms I saw back in the 70s, coming from the Rockefeller Foundation, 
who were working on that at the time too, what was to come, what they wanted to come, etc. And that's what you've got. And don't forget too, with free trade, it's not, if you very few folk read it, and you'll see it's, it's also the, the free flow of goods and labor, but it's also, now it's to forget this labor, don't even work now, just people across the world. For those who haven't got it But it's a one-way street Because you can't go to those countries That's been, that they're coming out of And just go and live uh, it's, it's just open border for, for those coming in And that's how it was planned And I'll put up information on Lloyd Norman Axworthy uh, th- These are people who They call statesmen They put them way up there And uh, to all these top positions and things Which you don't, you don't even know exist but the, yeah, it's incredible. He's also, I think, uh, up there with the World Federalist Organization. A very old organization to transform the world into the system we're talking about here. So why bother voting for people when they're already members of all these different things to do away with your countries and you still vote for them as though they were a national government? It's a joke. I'll put up a, a PDF too. On this organization, on the council members of the World Refugee Council, and uh, and their goals, etc. I'm also going to put up to the digital economy, jobs of the future, and the emergence of a new social compact. You should take these terms very seriously, because it's the IMF headquarters dreamed it up for you. International Monetary Fund again. See, we're, we're talking about one massive organization here, and where they're going with it all. Also, I'm putting up good articles on Britain's first WhatsApp fingerprint conviction, which led to a flood of new cases. Police have revealed after a criminal was caught using a photograph of his hand holding drugs. And you think it's all there to help you on this technology. You're in the biggest prison that's been built, <laughs> and they make you buy your chains, huh? Uh, never ends. Never mind the fact that uh, all this, uh, you know, on-screen touch and so on was all to get your fingerprints in the first place. But this is actually take, get photographing you, <laughs> touching something else, and then get your fingerprints from it. They've got everybody sussed out completely. This is the prison you're in. Way beyond this whole idea of you're going through right now, the broken eggs phase of mass migrations and, tr- and all the fallout that comes with it and welfare... And, and countries plummeting with the cost of it all. But uh, that, that's just a thing that will come and go. What we're looking at now is a long-term thing, which is total observation, 24 hours a day of every single person, without exception, except for those who get privileges above. Just like they had in, in, in 1984, where O'Brien could bring in Winston to his own place and turn off the television monitor with Big Brother on it, it's a privilege that they got above, you see. <laughs> There's nothing that's happening now that wasn't thought of long ago. And also, you'll find Commonwealth Games facial recognition software. Stay, but when will it be used? The Queensland government won't say. They're putting it in too for the games. And it's all to save you and to help you and protect you and all that stuff. Because it never leaves once it's all done. I'll put that there too. Also... Again, the digital economy, jobs of the future, and the emergence of a new social compact. It's awfully important. I've mentioned it three times already, but the fact is, look it up and, and look at it. It's important. The new social compact. And also, I'll, I'll put up 
a whole bunch of articles in the White Helmets, in fact, because there's some articles in Britain. I think Panorama did one, the BBC Panorama, of how literally they're a front group and they're pretty well fake and they're well funded by Britain and other countries too. One of them was in 2017, is the UK FCO financing terrorism in Syria with taxpayer funds. We know they were, for goodness sake. The West funded all the different morphing of the same group that kept fighting against the government in Syria. You know that's true. It can't be denied. Whether you like it or not, the fact is. See, it's not, I don't take sides in it. I'm just telling you what, if you like it or not. The fact is, your governments are overthrowing countries one after another. And each one is a mess with mass migration flooding out. They destroy countries into, almost into the Stone Age. And that was their plan too. And you're left to pay for it all in many different ways, many different ways, including back home with the mass migrations into your countries. A folk who literally haven't got a clue about your culture, your laws, or even care about them in, in many cases. Also, Pink Floyd frontman leaks email exposing how white helmets recruit celebrities with Saudi Arabian money. That's another one too. And there's nothing new in that as well. But also... Um, U.S. State Department Spock's plays dumb on White Helmet's funding question as well because they can't keep it under wraps anymore about the White Helmet's. Mind you, too, a lot of this is... These groups are set up, and I'll put one of them up for you to look at. There was an ex-mercenary set up, uh, the so-called massive, so-called charitable group, to funnel money to these places to entrain them. You wouldn't believe what really goes on. Nothing is ever what it seems to be. Nothing is. And also the ch- one of the children that they used for the washing off all the, the toxic stuff. And it was put across the world by the Western media. Oh, look, they've done the, and they, they got this child talking about it. See, we just snatched off the street and in the hospital, taking upstairs and scrubbed down under the camera. And his dad talks about it, saying there's nothing wrong with them. There was no... Nothing happened there. They just made a, a video of it. And he, he wasn't even coded with anything. He was fine. In fact, they say he had more. He was more at risk of getting a cold from getting soaked and left left uh, naked and wet than there was because nothing else had happened. But quite a few articles on, on the white helmets and, and so on too. Nothing, as I say, nothing is what it seems to be. It's really sad, isn't it? How we're, we're, we're deceived and deceived and deceived. And it goes on and on and on. Now when I put up an article on uh, the police culture now in Britain, which I'm sure is the same elsewhere too across Europe, to see just what's the shenanigans that go on with the culture of those who are now called police today. That's quite amazing. Another one too is also a, a detective who is in the brothel industry in Britain. As I said, ties right in, of course, is that some of the articles I mentioned a few weeks ago with uh, top ex-police chiefs in Canada in on their shares on the, in the legalising of the drug industry. They had their shares in the corporations that uh, are allowed to grow it and sell it, I suppose. What can you do with a system that's fallen apart like that, eh? Hmm? What, what can you say? And also, too, as I say... Um, the articles to do with the carnage coming up and in, in, in summer they expect the, 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 the knifings all over in Europe to, to escalate like crazy. With, it's all these different gangs that are now there. And let's be honest, a lot of them too are, are, have come in recently, put it that way. It's easy pickings in, in a country that's fallen apart with its common sense 
and it's resolved. It's, 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 that's what happens. Terrible, isn't it? And uh, liberal uh, government in Canada, now that they're legalizing all the, the cannabis, etc., proposed decriminalization of illegal drug use and simple possession, but they're talking about other drugs as well. So, and also they're, they're now bitching about the Supreme Court's free the beer ruling sparks fears of cannabis trade restrictions and they're passing between province to province, etc. As the big boys at the top decide who's going to get most of the business and, and where they can trade and sell it and so on. We're all going the same way, aren't we? We're all going the same way, all the countries. Planned that way too. But the ones at the top, don't, don't think for an instant that they, they're going to suffer from any of this. They will not suffer at all themselves. They don't live amongst you. They don't. And we'll all die off gradually. You know that's kind of going to happen too. And the population, that might take 30 years, will be reduced bit by bit by bit by bit across the whole planet gradually. Now what I do too, remember, is that I, I'm not giving you bad news. I'm just giving you things as they are. For those who can handle the news, at least want to know what's happening and how it happens. Because some people resent, resent this covert way of managing us, this herd management. We resent it. And we're given the choice to vote the same. It doesn't matter what party you pick, they're all the same. They must do what their masters tell them, and the masters have never been the people. That's the way it is. Think about it. Well, since uh, Grundy the Groundhog is out, and hopefully you stay out now, I hope to get some decent weather, and hope you do too. From myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.